No one willingly enters into suffering, or do they? From martyrs to missionaries, there is a through line and a history of saints who have put themselves in places of suffering for the sake of the gospel and for communion with Jesus. Now, unless you've been there, the entire thought of it seems crazy. But how great is Jesus if there is nothing better on this earth than intimacy with him and sharing the suffering? Today on the Father Pursuit Podcast, Brian and Bryn share their stories of suffering and why suffering alongside Jesus makes all the difference. Welcome to the Father Pursuit. This is an M46 Ministries podcast about fathers who want to pursue their children. As God our Father pursues us, we want to encourage fathers as they pursue their kids. And for those of you just trying to figure it all out, we walk this road together. No shame, no judgment, no condemnation. Just a real look at what it means to be an intentional father, learn from our mistakes, and grow forward in love and grace. Together, we are learning to be the father our father wants us to be. Thanks for joining us on the Father Pursuit Podcast. My name is Matt Davis, and I'm here with Bryn and Brian Elliott, the co-founders of M46 Ministries. We believe God is calling us to restore relationships between fathers and their kids. And we do this by sharing our testimonies of the goodness of God, even in and especially in the midst of profound brokenness in our lives. And we are now entering into a season. The next couple of podcasts are really going to be devoted to this topic of suffering. Now, Brian, I know that when we talk about suffering, they say like never start a church and like start with the book of Leviticus. Um, why would we even start here in, in talking in a podcast about something that feels like such a downer like suffering. Well, it's interesting. One of the things that I found coming into the body of Christ in 2016 really was the absence of uh, of the of talking about suffering and getting into the the details of that. And so what I did is I made one quarter of my book, uh, about 80 pages dedicated to the subject of suffering. Bryn, is this even necessary? Like, why can't we just be happy and have all of the good feelings in the Christian life. And I think even some people, they look at Christians as happy. Um, but why is it necessary for us to acknowledge really the whole of who God has made us to be, even in these hard times? Yeah, well, I think it definitely is a huge misconception that a lot of people have um, that, you know, being a Christian after giving your life to Jesus and starting to walk with the Lord is all kind of like sunshine and rainbows. Um, we're actually promised the opposite. And that's pretty much like the one promise Jesus makes that a lot of people don't like. Um but we are promised trials, we are promised suffering, but we're also promised that we're never going to walk through them alone. And so I think, you know, life is full of suffering. Being a human means that we're going to go through hard things. But at the same time, you know, when I was going through suffering before I started following Jesus, it was immensely different from now how I go through suffering with Jesus and knowing that he's right with me in it. And so I think it makes like a world of difference. Yeah, I, I have a friend who started a company, he calls it Men and Women of Discomfort. And he says, life is hard. Voluntary discomfort gets you ready before involuntary discomfort 
gets in the way. Uh, Brian, what is what would it be like for us as Christians to be able to even just acquaint ourselves with suffering and with grief, um, knowing that it's not a case of if these times are going to come, but really it's a it's a situation of when suffering will come. Yeah, I mean, suffering is inevitable, and it's all part, as Bryn said, of just our human experience. And the when we suffer, we're really we're forced to endure either death, pain, or distress. And, you know, there's varying degrees of suffering. We have, you know, mild suffering, you know, when we learn a new skill or, you know, maybe a, an inconvenience we experience in life or disappointments. And then we get into different forms of physical suffering. And then it, it appears that the the unseen ones in terms of the, the emotional ones are the ones that tend to really get pushed beneath the surface and if not acknowledged. I mean, one of the things in my life when the girls were younger, I really could not go to those dark places and I, I avoided suffering. And, you know, I was living much more rebellious than I actually had, uh, than I was aware. And part of that too, I wasn't able to go into those dark places. I didn't want to grieve. I did not want to experience those dark, heavy, sad emotions. And therefore when my girls were suffering, I was not able to go through it with them. Yeah. It's a challenge for us as dads. I, I always felt like, uh, even in the emotional sense, I think sometimes we have families that they, they really don't have a language for, uh, describing that or going, being able to go there, right? That's what we call it in our houses. All right, we need to go there and let's, let's kind of dig this up. But I, I grew up in a family where it, there was really, it was not a financial poverty. There was more of an emotional poverty and felt like I got the box of eight crowns while everyone else got the 64 pack. And so you ask me how I'm doing and it's like, well, I'm fine. I'm good. I'm okay. I'm not so good, but you know, there's other people that would describe their emotions with all of this flowerly like language that was just so descriptive. Bryn, like I, I guess the question for me is, can God handle all of our emotions, and and can we take those to Him, even if it's anger, even if it's rebellion? What is God's posture or His position towards us? in those moments. Yeah. Well, I think that that all comes with real relationships. Like even, you know, when we see our relationships, whether it's friendships, families, whatever, we, we're always going to have times when we're, you know, disappointed or angry, or, you know, we're going to feel the full range of emotions. And I think it's, it's no different with our relationship with God. And I feel like the more real we are with him, the closer we get to him. And I don't think it makes him, you know, upset that if we're angry with him or if we're disappointed with him. And a lot of the times it's like that because that's for a moment. And then a lot of the times too, he will, he will help you understand, you know, why you are going through the dis disappointment you are, or, you know, why the anger is there. And then you'll even be able to kind of get closer with the Lord. But I actually... I recently had a conversation about this with some of my friends and he was like, I couldn't even imagine like being angry with God or, or letting myself be disappointed in God. Cause I just know him. Like I, I know who he is. And I was like, okay, so when you are upset, what do you do? And he was like, I just know that God is good. And I think that that's true. No matter what's going on, God is good. And that's accurate. But I think when we, shove down our emotions and just, you know, God is good. God is good. I'm fine. It's fine. I'm fine. It's like, we don't actually get to go to those deep, intimate places with the Lord. And I think, you know, obviously he longs for that. And so, and our soul and our spirit longs for that. And so I think it's really important to honor our emotions 
uh, when going through suffering and pain. But I also think it's important to not let ourselves be led or controlled by emotion. Yeah, I, I think, Bryn, like your generation, the younger generation, like I, most of the time and what I hear and I've heard over the years as I've done youth ministry is there's more of this feeling of numbing. Like we will we will do anything to numb so we don't have to feel. I think there's even like a medical condition where you can't feel pain and how important it is to be able to feel some of these things. But what do you say to people your age that just want to, and, and you can numb out in a million different ways, but why is, is it important to actually feel what we're feeling? Yeah, that's actually something I definitely have struggled with and honestly still do struggle with. Um, I find when things are hard or, you know, when I'm just like not having the best time in life, it's so easy for me to just tune everything out and just go completely numb. Um, just kind of just, getting through to get through. And yeah, for me, there's actually a sermon that I make myself watch every month and not make because I love it, but that I watch every month. And it's about hope in seasons of disappointment. And it's such a beautiful sermon. And a, and a part of it is that you literally get up on a chair and you put your hand on your heart and you just yell, like, I'm not going to lose you. I'm not going to lose you. And it's like a declaration that you're making to the Lord and to yourself. And you know, even just being intentional with things like that, it's because I, I know for me, it's really easy for me to get numb. And so I have to make sure I'm like adding things into my life regularly that remind me to not let myself enter into those places. When we have suffering, um, you know, sometimes, I mean, the first, the first, when there's pain, our first, you know, like I put my finger on, on the stove and I, I burn it. Like I don't keep it there and say, oh, this is suffering. <laughs> and Jesus be with me in that moment. Like I recoil, I jump back and I, I don't want to feel it. I remember uh, one of my kids uh, when he was young did karate and the very first uh, lesson karate session that they had, he's standing there with the sensei and he's like five years old. And the sensei says, all right, buddy, I'm going to, I'm going to pull your arm back and I'm going to stretch it. And I want you to tell me when it starts to get uncomfortable. And he says, now, and he said, I haven't started yet. <laughs> right? So we have this, like this, this tendency, like, I don't, I don't want to feel pain. Brian, one of the quotes in the book uh, was Asher Intrader, uh, founder of Revive Israel Ministries. And he describes suffering in the believer's life beautifully. It says, we all recoil at the thought of suffering. Suffering itself is not a good thing in and of itself. However, when one suffers in a godly way, there is an emotional and spiritual intimacy with Yeshua. He suffered and you are sharing part of that experience with him. It is the shared experience that is beautiful. Intimacy in the midst of suffering is precious. It is worth the price. My question is, is that even true? Well, what's so beautiful about that quote and the reason that it really, it, it spoke to me is because the when we experience our sorrow with Jesus, we experience him as the Prince of Peace. And even if you look at it from an earthly perspective, if if we're in suffering and that's a you and I are hostages, right? And we're we're under we're under terrible conditions and you know, you're my comfort, I'm your comfort, we're strengthening one another. There's an incredible intimacy that, that would develop in a in a strengthening and a bond that would uh, that would be so strong that you know that, that there's really no other way. It's like when people are at war, right? And you and you have a group of people that are at war together whose very lives are are hanging by a thread based on the protection and and being unified together, 
right? The You look at the bond that lasts a lifetime. So it's no different with God that as we choose to suffer with him, then we, we get to experience a totally different side of God. And he does offer us comfort. And I know in my life, I've experienced uh, the comfort of God in ways that I didn't even know were possible. Yeah, that, my, my favorite passage, I love this passage is in Hebrews 4, verse 15 says, for we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses, but we do have one who's been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet he did not sin. Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. And I, I know that it's it's addressing this passage is talking about the temptation and sin, um, but that we also just have this great high priest that there is a, a an ability for us to be able to come to him and to be able to say, you get me, and and Jesus wanting to be with us in those moments. Have either of you just really felt like palpably, like in the midst of those times, that there was a presence uh, of Jesus and, and you guys, even in your own sufferings, you guys have really not on the minor side of things, but really have suffered some major difficulties and traumas throughout your lives. Where was God in the midst of those? Um, and can you even go back, like you're going through some of those pieces without really the presence of Jesus in your life as, as believers, but what do you think God's heart was towards you as you're going through those pieces? We had suffered in quite a few different ways, you know, leading up after I gave my life to the Lord in 2016, you know, a lot of things started to surface and, you know, and I found that the suffering you feel towards a loved one, especially, you know, your daughters or sons, that when they're suffering, there's something very, very, I mean, there's a helplessness that, that grips you when you see ones that you love suffering in, in a way that, that you cannot remove, especially things that have been done to them beforehand. So, I mean, both my daughter, Abby and Bryn, they, uh, you know, they lost their childhoods, a, a large part of it, you know, because of the, you know, the addiction, you know, they suffered through, you know, sexual, physical and emotional abuse, you know, by somebody that we trusted. So there was, you know, also massive betrayal, um, you know, this led to mental illness and drug addiction and, you know, suicide attempts and, you know, a whole raft of other things. So being there and especially things of the past and seeing the kind of the chaos that it, it's ensuing. I mean, so I felt like great sadness and regret, you know, shame, disbelief, uh, you know, anger and sorrow, so many different things. And I mean, having to, you know, put down a very hard line and Abby chose homelessness a couple of times over help. And, uh, and I mean, that was so difficult. So we were suffering in kind of a multitude of ways. And then, you know, there were four or five, six things all simultaneously happening around us. But, and that's really where the goodness of God is, is so strong that, you know, when, you know, addiction was, was kind of really pulling and there was a lot of things happening and Abby was murdered. The, uh, I mean, just the fact I, I was so disillusioned that evening and I couldn't believe it. And we were all just... Uh, in shock and in great grief. And then when I woke up that next morning and God just gave me such revelation of his love for Abby and where that Abby was now with him and his great mercy. And uh, it, it was so overwhelming that I was filled with joy and a peace beyond anything I'd ever experienced before. I think the important thing to note is that 
you know, I still felt grief. And there were periods of time where um, I would get into healthy sorrow. And I obviously went into some inner healing as well with that. But God's presence was so strong throughout all that, that I knew that he was with me. I mean, he's always with us, but his presence was unlike anything I'd ever experienced before. So that that helps us to understand the goodness of God. But I, I think the other big piece that we have to explore in this conversation is the sovereignty of God. And I think that this is a big, like from a theological perspective, from like a giving a defense for why it is we believe what we believe. I've seen so many people just walk away from the faith because they blame God for their suffering, that either God brought this to them, and if that's true, then he's not good, um, or if he didn't bring it, then he's actually not powerful enough to actually stop these things from coming into our lives. So how do you deal with this question of a, a God who would allow for suffering? It just seems like it's so broken from a good God that you just described. I think that one of the biggest pieces that kind of helped me to separate what I was going through from the character of God was understanding that I don't even know what's good. Like God is fully all good. And he knows what's good and what is bad. I can, I try my best and scripture, you know, obviously helps tell us what's good, what's bad. But I think sometimes in certain situations, especially situations that are challenging to us, we just label them as bad right away. But there's so many that I've, I've done that too. And I look back now and I'm like, no, that was actually really good. And I needed to go through that to get to where I am or to learn about this about God or this about myself or this about my, my walk with him. And so I think even understanding that like, you know, in our humanness, we don't really have a full revelation of what is good. And so I think it's hard, you know, to like even place that judgment on God of like, oh, how can he be good if I'm going through this? Because it could be the best thing for you, um, even if we can't see it. Yeah, Brian, you say that nothing comes your way that God does not allow He's completely sovereign and in charge, and nothing can stop his plan for redemption. Although he makes all things work for our good, not everything we experience is God's idea. Where does this come from? What is where where is God at in all of these pieces? Well, I mean, the God did not envision a world with this level of suffering. And obviously that's a result of, of sin and the fall of man, that he did create the earth and, and all of creation with natural consequences and, and the law of reaping and sowing. And he also gave us free will. And, and that was the ultimate act of love where that made authentic relationship possible. But yeah, absolutely nothing happens without God's allowance through the throne, through his throne. So, and that makes us think, okay, well, is God responsible for everything? And I mean, so much of our suffering is of our own making, right? And there's there's some things that happen to us that, that are done to us by others. There's things that have happened at our generational lines, right? That, uh, that iniquity comes down through the third and fourth generation. There's suffering as a result of the enemy where we have open doors or he has a, a legal right to be able to to attack in a certain way. And there's other times where it's directly from God, where, you know, God says, I tested you in the furnace of affliction. So there's, but there, the good news is that uh, because we love God, because we're called according to his purposes, that he works all things together for good. And what Bryn said, 
that, you know, she had to go through some of this, otherwise she wouldn't be who she is today. And that's, that's the, our redeeming God and our sovereign God, that he's got a, a great plan for each of us. And, um, and it's not a, a linear, easy step. And it's, it's always the challenges, the struggles, the pain that really create uh, so much strength and character and resiliency within us. Yeah. So sometimes we get ourselves in our own trouble and cause our own suffering. Um, sometimes it comes as a result of something that somebody else has done. Um, sometimes, like you said, God allows these things. And then sometimes these are just attacks from the enemy, right? Like the the scene that plays out in in the presence of God when Satan comes to God and says, I've seen, uh, I, I've seen your servant Job, right? And God even asked this question, Satan, where did you come from? And he's wandering to and fro the earth. I, I, I think that there's this this piece that we miss that there is a, an attack that's really coming uh, from the evil one and that he wants to capitalize on that to make us lose faith. That That is the part of the entire Job's story. Bryn, what does it look like for you to like have that perspective of knowing that sometimes these things that enter into our lives is an attack and how do you fight that? Yeah. At this point of my walk with God, I think I think I still get it wrong sometimes of understanding what is from God and what is good and what is from the enemy and and what is bad. And but for me, what really helps, you know, when I'm going through something is I ask the Lord, like, okay, how how do you want me to fight this? Because I feel like there's so many ways and the Lord gives us so many like spiritual weapons that we can use. And so and sometimes for me, it's like he'll ask me to enter into a fast and you know, it could be different things every time. It could be social media. It could be food. It could be like literally anything. It could be TV. And so sometimes he'll ask me to enter into a fast. Sometimes it'll be like a focus on prayer and intercession or just worship and time with him or even like, you know, fighting it with the joy of the Lord and just delighting in God. And so I think it's different every time, but yeah, for me, what what I always find works best is just to ask the Lord, like, okay, how do I handle this? How do I go about this? And because obviously he knows the way that will work best. Yeah. I think it's an interesting, um, I, I was thinking of like Mark chapter four, uh, and we all know this is the, the Jesus comes the storm at sea, but it's, there's an interesting picture here. And and I, I think it's a good perspective for us to have is it says uh, that day when evening came, Jesus said to his disciples, let us go over to the other side. And they're talking about the other side of the lake. And sometimes it's not just east to west or north to south, but the other side, especially in this was we're going from the Jewish part of the lake to the Gentile part of the lake and hitting like this is Rome and all of that. And so as they're going, they leave the crowd behind. They took him along just as he was in the boat. And there are also other boats. But then it says a furious squall came up and the waves broke over the boat and it was nearly swamped. Right. So you have these fishermen and they're there. And where's Jesus? He's asleep on the cushion. And sometimes I think it feels like that in our own suffering of where is God in these moments? And and they ask, the, the disciples, they wake him up and ask a very appropriate question. Teacher, don't you care if we drown? And he got up, he rebukes the wind, says to the waves, shalom, be still. And the wind died down and it was completely calm. And it's in those moments where I think we have to pause and we have to say, um, well, number one, <laughs> Uh, to, to even just do our own heart search of like asking that question, like, 
God, don't you care? Like, I feel like I'm drowning right now and I need him to stand up to, to the waves and the storm that just hit my life and say, Shalom. Uh, and Jesus says, why are you afraid? You still have no faith. And then they're even more terrified. But what I think is so amazing is this comes at the end of Mark chapter four, but the work that is happening in Mark chapter five is that Jesus, when they hit the shore, they they meet the man who uh, has this impure spirit. He lives among the tombs and really this this interaction created salvation for this entire village. I think the enemy had something to do with this storm and Jesus was very much in the midst of that. Brian, how have you had that perspective to be able to see that and then be able to persevere through the storm with Jesus? Well, I think one of the uh, the key elements for me is that, you know, understanding the who God is, right? I think that's the the kind of the underpinning of everything. And once we, as a foundation of, of everything we do, whether it's suffering or just our journey in life, that, you know, God, he's always kind, he's always just, he's always faithful, he's always patient, and he's always good. And, and it's impossible to exaggerate the goodness of God. So when we know that also God is never surprised, that he'll never leave us or forsake us, um, one of the scriptures I love too is, a bruised reed he will not break, and a smoldering wick he will not snuff out. So that that uh, bruised reed right? It's, it's damaged, but it's not irreparable. And even if that wick, that smoldering wick is out, it can be reignited. And, and then, so for me, it's every time I go through, I mean, there could be a lot of small things I go through, which helps me build up my faith. And then the history I've developed with God in all the various forms of suffering from, you know, multiple divorce to, to great loss of, uh, of finances, to, you know, everything that we've talked about with in my children and family to, I mean, there's, there's tons of different ways of physical suffering as well. And it, just experiencing God in that. And I think too, when you know that God is our loving father and nothing comes to us without his approval, it also on the other side means his grace. He'll give us the grace to overcome whatever comes our way. It doesn't matter who it's. And lots of time, like you say, does it come from the enemy? Does it come from God? Does it, 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 it doesn't matter because ultimately he will use what the enemy intends for evil, for our good. And, uh, but he, he not only empathizes, he not only comforts us, but he also gives us the ability and he does something about it. So that's the, the power of redemption and what Jesus died to give us and just the faithfulness of our heavenly father. Yeah, Brian, I'm gonna ask you to close this out in prayer, but one of the things that, that popped out in the book was just said, no matter what you face, hold on to the truth that God redeems what is lost, brings to life what is dead and heals what is broken. Uh, there's somebody listening right now who has either just entered into a season or has been stuck in a season of suffering for a long, long time and is losing hope. Um, would you just pray a, a blessing for anybody and everybody who is finding themselves in that season? Yeah, the scripture that comes to mind is Hebrew 10, 23, that let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess for he who promises is faithful. And so we just uh, declare right now the faithfulness and the goodness of God. I just ask right now just to impart hope, the hope of God into the hearts of everyone listening right now, that they would learn to look to Jesus, learn to lean on the Holy Spirit and learn to embrace their heavenly father 
as they endure suffering. And we just declare right now, just the goodness of God in the land of living, the land of the living will be experienced by everyone. Lord, we thank you, Lord, that you're no respecters of persons and what you did for Bryn and for me and how you've been with us in suffering. We thank you, Lord, that you will do it for everyone listening as well. So Father, we thank you for the gift and the blessing of suffering. We thank you. You give us the grace to endure suffering. And Lord, we thank you that you have the power to bring great good from it as well. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. 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 Well, thanks for listening to this episode of The Father Pursuit. Uh, We hope that you've been encouraged by these stories of hope and what it looks like tangibly to pursue Jesus, even in the midst of deep suffering. Remember that you are never alone. We have a Father who pursues us, not just in times of suffering, but especially in times of suffering. Uh, Jesus understands your pain and he's ready to walk you through it. Uh, May you be reminded of the peace and joy that comes when we suffer for Jesus as only he can fulfill every longing of our hearts. So for more resources and stories, blogs to help you on your journey and to pre-order the new book coming out, More Than Gold, visit us at m46ministries.com. And until next time, may your pursuit be blessed.